During um, 2016, in a radio interview, then-candidate Donald Trump was asked if he had a favourite Bible verse that impacted his thinking and his character. He replied, an eye for an eye. He, he added, if you look at what's happening in our country, how people are taking advantage of us, we have to be firm and we have to be strong. Fast forward four years on, and on June the 1st, 2020, Trump delivered a Rose Garden address. I am your president of law and order, he told a nation reeling from days of protest and unrest over the police killing of George Floyd. Within minutes of announcing that the military would dominate the streets, his attorney general ordered flash grenades, tear gas, and rubber bullets to clear peaceful protesters and clergy from the street in front of St John's Episcopalian, or Anglican if you are from New Zealand, church across from the White House. Protesters and clergy had no idea the sudden street clearance was to clear the way for a presidential photo opportunity in front of the church, with the president holding the Bible in his hand. I recall, as many of you listening probably do, watching the scene on the evening television news. And as I watched the pictures on the, on the street being cleared and the photo opportunities, I thought about several things. Firstly, I thought about our reading today and the parable of the sower and what Jesus taught us through his disciples. Listen, a sower went out to sow. Some seeds fell on the path, and the birds ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, since there was no depth of the soil, and so they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, which choked them out. Yet other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some of it a hundredfold. And again I looked at the scene on my television, of a man with a Bible and what seeds are being sown. Secondly, when I looked at the scene created for TV, I thought about how the scene reminded me of a person holding up a baby, someone else's baby, without any prior experience to help them know exactly how to hold something so precious. What I saw was a person hold the Bible face forward and away from the body, and I saw something very precious for Christians, lifted high above the right shoulder. I saw it flipped upside down, which is not recommended for newborns, and I saw the lettering on the binding pushed forward. And I wondered if I'd changed channels inadvertently and was now looking at Antiques Roadshow, where an heirloom porcelain vase is displayed from different camera angles. And here is what I wanted to reach out and say, something I learned from Eugene Peterson, uh, an American journalist, author of the Message Bible, and civil rights activist. To know the Bible is less about me reading it and more about having it read me. It's less about reading it 
and more about having it read me. In having it read me, I essentially consent to letting it splay my heart wide open, something sometimes um, exposing uncomfortable truths about my life, like self-righteousness, like self-importance, and a bunch of other self-words. For this reading exercise to occur, of course, one has to actually open the Bible, which, if done regularly enough, becomes an act of thinking about the world around one and how we can lead our life. According to Peterson, loving what I read in the Bible, no matter how tricky the words are or how tricky the meaning is, becomes loving the one who speaks the words enough to want me to get it right. Getting those words right is what many of us spend our life working on, and I'm still working on this project, and of course I should be working on it much, much more. And this morning I've included in your pew sheet a small card with some words on it, um, which are from the Bible or informed by the Bible. And these cards are part of the ministry which is being sown by Trish Carrot-Leslie, who some of you know, and who feels called to produce spiritual material through calligraphy. I'm hoping you will allow the words gifted to you to read you, as Eugene Patterson has suggested, or maybe you could gift the card forward. Our gospel reading from the Bible today could have been called the hundredfold gift or harvest. It is a parable that bears thinking about. Even if the harvest only ended in a 30-fold harvest, that would have been a miracle. 30-fold would have fed a village for a year in Jesus' birthplace in Galilee. Harvests of abundance are what this parable is about. Farmers in Jesus' time broadcast the seed onto the ground rather than modern-day ploughing or direct drilling, um, which is injecting the soil into the, the um, seeds into the soil. Those who were following Jesus knew he was talking about his own ministry at that time. The Pharisees, the leaders, wanted to choke out the message. Jesus does not tell this parable. He lives it, just as people who possess a Bible are called to live out the lessons from within it even when the lessons are very challenging. First century Palestine, where Jesus spent his ministry, was a hard time and a, and a hard place to be a follower of Jesus. Jesus reminds his community, and Matthew, writing some decades later, reminds his community that rejecting the message of Jesus means rejecting a sound way of living, whether it's in farming or in faith. Like Jesus. As your priest this morning, I cast out this message, along with a small card with no guarantees of where the message to sow your seed in good soil will land. To be fair, I'm pretty sure no one will take the Bible from in front of the pew and stand outside our newly painted varnished doors of St Barnabas Church and wave it around for a photo opportunity. Our parable this morning reminds us of where to keep our focus, no matter if we roam, uh, if we're free to roam our streets in level one, as we're so fortunate to do, or as we are in any other aspect of lockdown. We have a precious tohanga, a precious object 
that we can open at any time of the day or night and ponder how it can inform us and how it can read our lives if we allow it to do so. We're often tempted to spend our resources, our time, our energy, our money, our hope, without a guide. The Bible allows us to think past the everyday everyday, to questions of importance. And we need to remember that this parable, this story we heard today, this story that we hear quite often ends with a miracle, the harvest we can get from sowing a handful of seeds of, for example, compassion and inclusion. Our parable today is filled with promise and hope. It is not about a Bible waved around without any reference to the words inside. We are called to proclaim the words the Bible contains, that they have meaning and are life-giving, and that we live our lives as Christians with the promise that people matter, lives matter, and retribution in any form leads to difficulties. Novelist B. Campbell writes, Some of us have this empty barrel faith, walking around expecting things to run out, things to go wrong, expecting there's not enough air or there's not enough water, expecting that someone is going to do wrong. The God I serve tells me to expect the best, that there is enough for everybody. By grace, all can flourish. The seeds we sow can impact so many people. Once there was a poor Scottish farmer. His name was Hugh Fleming, a good Scottish name. One day, while trying to eke out a living for his family, he heard a cry from a nearby wet, muddy ground. He dropped his tools and ran to that bog. There he saw a terrified boy stuck to his waist in the black mud of the Fleming land. The boy was screaming and struggling to free himself. Farmer Fleming saved the boy from what could have been a slow and terrifying death. The next day, a fancy horse and carriage pulled up to the farmer's meagre surroundings. An elegantly dressed man stepped out and introduced himself as the father of the boy. Fleming had saved. I want to repay you, the man said. You saved my son's life. No, I can't accept payment for what I did, the Scottish farmer replied, even though he was pretty desperate for finance, and he waved off the offer. At that moment, the farmer's own son came to the door of his house. Is that your son, the man said. Yes, the farmer replied, very proudly. I'll make you a deal. Let me take your boy and give him a good education. If the boy is like his father, he'll grow into a man you can be proud of. And that he did. In time, Fleming's son graduated from St Mary's Medical uh, Hospital Medical School in London. The son's name was Sir Alexander Fleming, the discoverer of penicillin. There is a suggestion whether it's true or not, that years afterwards, the man's son, who the farmer saved, was stricken with pneumonia. 
and what saved him? Penicillin. There's also some suggestion that the name of the man himself whose son was saved was Lord Churchill, and his son was Sir Winston Churchill. What we know from the parables of Jesus and how he lived his life is that we reap what we sow. Jesus' parables often illustrate this, actually time and time again. And the parable this morning, the parable of the sower, is one that we can reflect on, even if we've heard it many times, each and every day. Our harvest could well be that we made a difference in the lives of others by what we have sown. Today's gospel words are found inside an open Bible. And to God be the glory. Amen.